Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. technologies will require rapid advancement in chip development and a streamlining of manufacturing processes. That's the topic for this panel. Regional strategies for semiconductors, moderated by Dean Ramos, principal at Arca Capital. Over to you. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, the two gentlemen to my immediately, immediate left is uh, Raymond Lapinch. Deputy State Secretary, Ministry of Economics, Republic of Latvia. To his left is Ben Sokolowski, a, uh, Managing Director, VP of Government Relations at Qualcomm. And we don't have much time, so we're going to dive right into it, if that's okay. Um, first question for you, Raimunds. Uh, regional semiconductor development has become a prominent component of industrial policies around the world in the last several years, especially since the pandemic. The reasons to develop regional chip capabilities vary by region, as do the way these efforts manifest themselves. In short, the strategies vary by region and country in terms of capital commitment and resource focus. Can you describe for us the Latvian strategy and its goals, objectives, and what resources will determine its specific success? Yes, yes, I can do it, I think. Uh, yesterday we signed even a green <coughs> uh, memorandum of understanding with industry. Uh, actually, before we started with, uh, with, with chip uh, semiconductor industry, we uh, did short uh, strategic assessment. Um, so we defined several possible uh, goals. Uh, like, for example, we would like to have chip in, uh, facilities there in, in Latvia, for example, whether we are part of or we are part of uh, uh, value chain in chip uh, industry, or uh, we are just uh, designing chip designs and, and that's it. The most important thing was the first steps is the same. Uh, and it's nothing new. So we are building on existing industrial capacities and research capacities that we have there in uh, nanotechnology side on, uh, on side of uh, chip development and electronics development and ICT skills. And the first steps is completely similar for any of these choices. So it's human capital and research based uh, from government side where we have to invest. Clearly, uh, as a government, uh, we do understand uh, that and, and there is no strategic option to invest 7 billion euros in, in, in Latvia for next year to start to develop chips and, and produce them because actually we are not interested. Uh, let's larger countries, larger companies where do understand where to invest, do this uh, thing. Uh, let's do for us what we are strong at. And we are strong at niche parts. Uh, so human capital and research will define uh, whether and what will be our strategic uh, success or not success in, in, in this one. Okay. so. As a follow-up, um, one of the traditional criticisms of top-down industrial policies has been the lack of market signal incorporated into resource allocation decisions when directing this sort of long-term plan and planning. This has been and, and may well be in the case of semiconductors a factor that will determine relative success of these efforts around the world because Europe and Latvia specifically are not alone in, in sort of going on this, on this path right now. Um, do you agree with this statement 
Yeah, of course we will. And if so, how does Latvia propose to incorporate the market mechanism and the market signaling mechanism in the allocation of resources and capital and the composition of strategy for semiconductor development? Yes, and this is one of the uh, problems with uh, always with governments, that they are good at plans, bad at strategies. They are good at planning everything like nobody is doing anything. So it's like only on the planet. So this is in, in semiconductors, we will at least try to avoid this. That's why it was so important that industry, like uh, seven, eight largest uh, players in Latvian economy in electronics and ICT, uh, defines what they see as the first steps to be done, that they can actually grow their capacities. Uh, we are developing like a roadmap for the first one and a half year, what have to be done, but strategic goals, strategic goals, we are using opportunity uh, everywhere, and including this conference and most probably next year, uh, to recheck it with like Qualcomm, uh, who do see better than governments what's actually is moving ahead, where is markets, what is uh, missing parts in markets, and so on. So this ongoing recheck of what we are thinking and where we are moving with people who are just smarter and do understand this specific field better. This is the route. We have done it in several fields, uh, and uh, starting from forestry ending at, at biotech, we do this, that we are rechecking uh, with industry itself where they are seeing, where it's moving, and, and how to adjust goals. And, and so if we, yesterday we signed that we are planning in 15 years to reach the uh, positions that we are ready to build uh, chip manufacturing, doesn't mean that by moving forward uh, in these actions, we don't change the goal. We can do it if there is sense and industry says that, guys, there is uh, market, uh, part of the market which is much more interesting uh, for us to cooperate on, on these issues. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to let you off the hook. So um, Qualcomm is, uh, is a global leader in fabulous design innovation, obviously, and one of the largest customers for leading foundries worldwide. Uh, Qualcomm's view of emerging trends, long-term technology directions, and the relative strengths and weaknesses of participants in the global semiconductor ecosystem is unparalleled. Actually, I think, it, I think that's probably a true statement because um, your vision into the, the whole system is, is pretty complete. Uh, you as Managing Director for Government Relations can view government's efforts in this sector through a unique lens because of that. Uh, what is Qualcomm's view of the risks and opportunities for the industry of the renewed and to some degree competitive global trend toward regional chip technology development? Thank you, Dean. Um, so, as you said, Qualcomm is a leading uh, chipset design uh, company does not produce the chips, we don't manufacture the, ch the chips ourselves, but for this we work together with the leading foundries globally. And in this regard, obviously we have a very strong and vital interest um, in a diversified uh, semiconductor supply um, chain and also um, diversified production capacities globally. And uh, in this regard, we clearly um, support um, and appreciate um, both the European CHIPS Act as well as the US CHIPS Act um, because the intention and the goal to localize uh, production capacities from our point of view is, uh, is really the, the right decision. So talking about opportunities and risks, clearly a risk for the industries and not only for the semiconductor industry but also for those industries that use the chipsets, which in the future will be pretty much every industry. The risk certainly would be not to do that. 
Now, talking about um, opportunities, um, and um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later, uh, countries, also smaller countries, by identifying their sweet spots, their strength, can benefit from the only growing demand that we forecast um, in semiconductor markets in the, in the years to come. Um, a risk that, that, that we currently observe is um, a strong focus, obviously, of investment into leading-edge nodes, so the smallest node sizes, which on the one hand is good because there we see currently the biggest dependency also in, in North America and particularly also in Europe um, from Asian uh, um, producers. But that um, should not lead, and that is currently what we observe for um, uh, reduced investments into more mature uh, node sizes, right? which um, also for the foreseeable future will be very important also for uh, industries which are key for Europe, automotive industry, for example, which will remain big uh, customers for these mature node sizes. So in terms of risk, we clearly advocate for um, a well-diversified also investment also from governments um, and support schemes into all node sizes from leading edge into mature. So you've, you've sort of answered this next question a little bit, but uh, given Qualcomm's vision into the long-term technology development specifically related to its impact on the value chain in semiconductors, how do you see the critical capabilities of that value chain evolving, and, and, and could a city like Riga and a nation like Latvia successfully play a part in that future? So I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot since we're sitting right there. So as I said, so the production capacities to allocate really chipset manufacturing is very capital intensive. It is risky, um, and it is not the only place to be for a country which will want to benefit from the growing demand, right? And therefore, I think um, both um, the Latvian government and the city of Riga in this regard has done many things right. And it's impressive if you come here to see actually what, uh, what the country and the city has already done. Right? Because um, I think um, um, first you need to identify where am I good at, what could be my strength, where do I want to be, where do I not want to be in the semiconductor um, supply chain. That could be, for example, in interacting and incentivizing certain parts, both hardware and software, of the supply chain. Um, but also, it could be by setting the right in, um, regulatory environment to attract startups, to attract companies who would like to invest. Right? So if you generate a regulatory environment that is uh, supporting innovation, um, that is also attracting risky innovations, um, but that also provides the right skill set in terms of workforce, and that is uh, currently something that um, Latvia has identified as a, a key critical uh, component, rightly though, um, then I think you have already done uh, many things right. So this is a question for, for both of you, so you can both take a crack at it. Um, given this is a 5G conference, and 5G can, can be seen as, um, to me anyway, fundamentally more commercially driven set of use cases, as opposed to prior generations of, of the air interface development, uh, which were more consumer oriented. Do you see this generating different regional opportunities or, or uh, even city level opportunities and or requirements that governments and technology providers are gonna need to consider and maybe could exploit commercially? Yep. Uh, I think that, uh, and by the way, this uh, semiconductor uh, strategy and, and where we are moving is actually born, born 
in 5G uh, conference, it was just, uh, I think that three years ago when we started to discuss. And uh, capacities in Latvian case, yes, they're unique, uh, and they're coming from, from 5G um, uh, in, because there is uh, several companies which are developing components for uh, 5G, um, 5G infrastructure. And, uh, and that's why I think that, it's again, it's, as, as you said, it's, it's for small nation, it will not be general semiconductor production. It will be some specific uh, components of, of, of uh, um, competitive advantages where we have in, in and it's, they are in knowledge and in, 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 in scientific, like in, in knowledge part, not in uh, capital part, not in, uh, not in mass manufacturing. It's more in this knowledge. So yes, that's why I think that, uh, um, and yes, 5G, it's nice name. Actually, we are, it, it's not anymore so, so about 5G. Uh, it's about uh, broadband, uh, broadband uh, wireless communication. Uh, and, and, and yes, there's, and, and there's several developments. For example, not only anymore in, in uh, electronics, there is optical uh, routing too. Again, I, and, and these are all the components uh, which are coming together and with, which are building this unique positioning with what, what we will have uh, there in, in Latvia. And I think that it applies for any of the countries. Uh, like I can imagine that uh, semiconductor capacities in Estonia and Lithuania will be a little bit different, keeping in mind that uh, they have strengths in, 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 in different parts of, of uh, both science and, and technology. Yeah, I would, I would definitely echo that. So 5G definitely can become a um, competitive advantage for those countries and regions who, who do it right. Because um, with the rapid digital transformation of many industries, uh, with uh, metaverse that we discussed yesterday, with um, autonom autonomous driving uh, towards the end of the decade, we will see only a growing demand in really superb um, a digital um, connectivity infrastructure, digital infrastructure, most of it mobile communication. So therefore we really um, see that um, a, a high performing um, 5G network, also including innovative 5G technologies, for example, millimeter wave technologies, ultra low latency, super high bandwidth, that these um, regions and these countries who put a, f a strong focus on deploying the right and network will gain and benefit from from these competitive advantages. And uh, just uh, and adding to this, uh, completely right. And and by just starting to use these technologies, it's giving next pressures for innovation, like uh, everything related. Now, when we start to talk about uh, mobility and 5G, the questions about uh, computation on the edge and and so on. So it's just using these technologies is pushing more in the territory which is, uh, which is where there is really competitive advantage. So we are building fuser and fuser specific knowledge in this field. Okay. Um, we have a couple minutes left uh, and I'm gonna use up all my questions before I let anybody else answer, ask any. Um, one for you, Ben. The, the semiconductor value chain is made up of uh, many different suppliers for nearly all the steps in the design to fabrication process. That said, there's clearly concentration at several nodes, such as advanced geometry manufacturing, uh, parts of the capital equipment supply chain, and uh, in your case, the air interface design. Where do you see opportunities for innovative startups? Because this is one of the ways that Latvia is sort of attacking this problem, is to use a startup ecosystem approach. 
uh, to participate in the more fragmented part of the, of the value chain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good question. And um, not surprising, I, I think, is um, there are huge opportunities we see for especially startups, right? Because per definition, startups are very, very fast. They are highly innovative. They have to be, otherwise they wouldn't exist. So since this ecosystem, um, and it's the, of course, it, it depends on how do you define um, the semiconductor um, uh, ecosystem. But we talked again yesterday, metaverse, right? I mean, it is all linked together. Um, and, and therefore, startups have huge opportunity to benefit um, from, from these emerging technologies um, for, for the reason that I mentioned, right? Speed, um, innovation is in their DNA. Um, Qualcomm does cooperate a lot with with um, with with startups. So do many um, other um, big um, IT and uh, uh, um, tech companies, um, and it goes very much hand in hand, definitely. Okay, uh, and, and Raymond's one last one for you, for me. Uh, numerous other countries and regions have begun assembling strategies and financing packages directed at development um, for various parts of the semiconductor ecosystem. Uh, from design to manufacturing. Nearly all the efforts have identified human capital, not financial capital, as the key resource that needs to be managed over the next decades. If you add up the shortage or the um, calculated shortage of engineers in nearly every market, it's the numbers are big, right? And everyone's short of talent. Yep. Um, you obviously agree with that, but what, what can you talk about Latvia's specific plans to address that issue on the human capital side mm -hmm. so that you can be successful? Yes, um, as I, and this applies to all the spheres of, the of any of the government strategies is that uh, together with industry we define uh, lacking uh, skills so we are uh, in parallel we'll be developing uh, additional skills in uh, skill sets like uh, new programs, new funding mechanisms for uh, engineer training uh, in the spheres where industry needs, let's say not now, but after three years, four years. And in parallel, uh, by investing in research programs which are defined by industry, uh, spheres of research which is beneficial for their um, activities now, uh, by this one we are developing human capital in the fields which are, will be needed after, let's say, eight years. And these are two. So, uh, engineering, uh, with, with, uh, together with uh, Latvian's largest uh, technical university in, in the fields of engineering, especially optics and electronics, and research in the field of nanotechnologies, uh, where, again, where there is strong uh, scientific background already, but, and which, together with industry, existing industries, they can quite clearly define what would be needs, let's say, in eight, ten years. And these are two fields where uh, advanced skills in research part, which will be developed by, by doing research, and uh, engineering uh, students, funding students in engineering uh, in, in semiconductor field and optics, which will be another uh, field where we are building uh, skill set. Okay. And how do you, um, wh when you think about the human capital part of that and the training of, of engineers and technical um, um, professionals, how do you think about the retention of those people here in Latvia? Because I mean, ultimately, that's that's I'm, I'm assuming that's a goal as well. Because otherwise, you're just exporting all your 
intellectual property, if we, if you will. H how do you think about that over yep. over time? Yep, it's uh, um, somehow uh, yep, it, it sounds probably simplistic, but uh, it is really simple uh, because when we discuss about engineering uh, student investments in engineering students. Uh, we are discussing what will be salary levels in the local industry so that not both sides, students and industry become confused. We just can't afford, in these advanced uh, technologies, we just can't afford salary levels which is below, let's say, Germany. Right. It's just impossible. Then this field, so it's, if business doesn't show that they can sustain such levels, then we, we, are, not in, we are not investing. Uh, there is no sense, and we will be burning just money. Then we better uh, invest in research and science, and we know that this is another part where we, in this field, in research and, and science, we need mostly very interesting and on the edge possibilities for publication. Uh, so in, in science, it's a little bit different, probably, motivations, but that's the basics of this. So it's, that's why we are building on commercial uh, needs first but we do understand that these people will coming out and they will be working in their field by the salary which they expect to receive globally. So yes, I know that they will be not receiving directly at the first year salary of Germany, for example, in semiconductor industry, but uh, at least that we do understand that if you sum up uh, standard of living with uh, expectation in their career, what is possibilities of growth with salary, they can uh, be compared with Sweden or Germany or Poland, whatever we, we compare. So this is a basic. So that's why, again, uh, and you're completely right about this question, that uh, top-down strategy doesn't work because we will be shooting in, in, in not seeing where we are actually hitting. So that's why this industry's involvement is so important. They are actually defining all the route where we are moving, and we are just deciding whether there is a sense for government to co-invest in, in such opportunity. Okay. Do we have any questions on the uh, <coughs> that you've received online? No, but maybe okay. we have an audience. We might have one here. Yes. Uh, wait for the microphone. We have online listeners. Uh, Nitin Dahad with EE Times. Uh, you talked about regional strategies uh, for semiconductors. You talked about uh, capping the brain drain after you've trained them. But what is the regional? Uh, activity. Uh, I know you work closely with uh, Estonia, Lithuania. Is there a regional strategy? Not yet. Uh, there is. Uh, I sit, uh, there is no regional strategy in the sense that it is codified and, 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 and agreed on. Uh, if you look at what is going on, uh, then yes, there is, uh, but it's not uh, not communicated between the. Uh, uh, countries, there is uh, each of countries already for a long time is going a little bit slightly different uh, routes of where we are investing in, 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 in especially in, in brains. Uh, and in this sense, it's clearly uh, there is a good place to, in one stage to have uh, this. But it's, it's, if you uh, know Baltics from inside, then for us, it's the hardest to agree with Lithuanians and Estonians. It's easier to sit down with Germans, France, Sweden, or whatever, because we are close. But uh, this is inevitable. It will happen uh, in one stage when we will... Uh, and when the first steps, let's say 2024, most probably, will be the year, when the first steps will be done ho in home, at home, uh, then most probably we will realize that it's, uh, it's 
it's, it's coming together. It's, there is, uh, uh, I can already imagine what, what, what technologies can be uh, cooperated between Latvia and Lithuania, and the same applies to the design and IT part with Estonia. So yes, this is really an avoidable uh, route where we will just be forced to, to go in, but on this stage, no. Yes, question? Thank you. Um, a lot of the European strategies that we're seeing at the moment seem to be based on, you know, either resilience or, you know, the lack of capacity today. Is there a risk when the, the big fabs sort of re-come sort of online again and there's overcapacity maybe in the market in a few years' time that that might diminish investment and continued investment in, in sort of these regional opportunities? Or do you think that the resilience sort of mentality will sort of outweigh that um, and investment will continue even if there is global overcapacity? I can, I can answer that. So, I mean, as we forecast a significantly growing demand in, in, in semiconductors in the next 10 years and probably beyond, there's definitely room for additional capacities. Um, also beyond the fact that, rightly though, countries and regions try to reduce their dependency on the one region or the other. So um, we will, and that has been the same in the past, always see um, changing demands in the market, right? Um, very much linked also to overall global economic situation. Um, but overall, the trend is um, very clearly foreseeable from, from our perspective. And usually we have a quite good insight into where the market is, is heading to um, before, because of the reasons I described. Yeah, yeah and for, uh, from our perspective, if I look like uh, from government of Latvia perspective, then uh, it's clear that uh, we, are, we don't participate in this frenzy on this time because everybody is thinking about this. It means that they don't. Uh, for us, we are, we are most, and again, cycle shows that most probably in 15 years' time there will be next big problems around this one. Till that moment, we will have to have uh, developed capacities that we can uh, add more than just today's needs uh, to production. It's, it's twofold. It's uh, uh, small countries, just we can't. Uh, there is fields where we are fast. But then there is a field where we choose too small. It doesn't matter whether you build a fab in, in, in I don't know, in, again, in Germany, on, on Finland, France, or in Latvia, it costs the same. So it's, uh, it's, uh, there is no sense. And that's why uh, we don't uh, do uh, this one. But there is huge opportunities. If you imagine that there will be whatever result, whether overcapacity of uh, production, or as a result, most cases, when you, where there is drop in price as a result, there is much higher uh, adaptability of, of such technology afterwards. It means that for these opportunities, we have to be ready. This is what we are trying to build, that if there will be uh, overcapacity, then we will be designing at that stage our own chips and, and producing whatever we will, will want. Thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to actually add yeah. on to that question, if I can. Yeah. So when, when you think about, to the, to the question that was asked about when the capacity comes back online, um, don't we have to talk about and differentiate what capacity that is? I mean, at what technology node? I mean, you and I were talking beforehand a little bit about the perception that you have of maybe the market ignoring the more mature technologies and the, and the, and the capacity needs that those are going to have, that we're going to have for those 
sets of chips going forward, not just for chips at the, at the very, 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 very low geometries. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, sure. So, I mean, as we currently see many regions, many governments trying to incentivize and support allocation of, um, and pr um, of production capacities, what we believe is needed is strong cooperation um, among countries, among regions, um, to avoid what you have indicated, right? That we over-invest into certain node sizes, into certain technologies on the one hand, while investment and support for other node sizes is, is lacking, right? So the efforts that we see in Europe, that we do see in the US, to set up regional um, production capacities, um, regional ecosystems, we strongly support and believe it's right. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that Europe nor any other region in the world will be able to uh, build up a self-sufficient, independent semiconductor supply chain, right? Therefore, um, semiconductor business and the supply chain is way too complex, much um, 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 uh, or way too much interlinked, um, and, and therefore, um, strong cooperation with all partners globally um, remains even more important. Okay. Great. Thank you, Dean and the panelists.